everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George and here at Maya Minds we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. In today's episode, I speak with Luke Fulbrook, a strong man who has competed at the world's strongest masters, UK and Britain's strongest man. He's also a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach, and recently has had a really bad injury to his tricep, where it's almost completely torn off the bone. In this episode, we talk about some um, possibly triggering content, um, Luke's mental health past and um, his family's mental health past as well. Overall, I think this is a really good episode and I really hope you all enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the My Minds podcast. Today, I'm here with Luke, as you all have just been introduced to him. Luke, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I had a... Um, I went to the gym this morning, I did, I trained legs. And you know when you have those leg sessions where you feel like you might crap yourself? I had one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had to change things up about halfway through because I was like, this is going to be far too embarrassing. So I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> what have you um, been up to this morning? Um, just had clients this morning and then doing a little bit of um, a little bit of training myself. Nothing spectacular at the minute or earth shattering, but yeah, just yeah. a little bit this morning. Yeah, have you? Do you still train in Strength Asylum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still train and work from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't. You might not. I don't know if you recognise me, but I've I trained in Strength Asylum for a good couple of years, and that's kind of where I first heard about you and like first like saw you and started following yeah. you and stuff. So, um, yeah, great gym. Like absolutely. Oh, awesome yeah, it is. Yeah, it's amazing. Very, if any, yeah, anyone listening who is in the Stoke area at any point, definitely go check out Strength Asylum. I'm very lucky to have it on the doorstep. Yeah, it's um, it's honestly amazing. I've I did my um master's degree at Loughborough, and the power base gym there is probably the only gym that comes close. But even still, like for the the amount of equipment and stuff, Strength Asylum just it has it's got the top place in my eyes. I just can't I can't picture a better gym. No, definitely not. So, I'm I'm sure you'll you'll know from um coming on or like, you know, from what I've mentioned to you about this podcast, uh, yeah. Maya Minds, we talk about, uh, or we're trying to demystify mental health um, yeah. and, you know, talk, talk about mental health within the exercising and the fitness and the sports community. Um, so I wanted to kind of start off. I know that on your Instagram, you talk a little bit about mental health every now and again. Um, yeah. do you, so do you have personal experience um, struggling with mental health issues? Yeah, I mean, I've... Um... I've struggled pretty much from from when I can remember, really. Um, when I was like seven, eight years old, I had like a stammer and a stutter, and um, and that was like um, it was like a manifestation of of anxiety. That was mm. um, uh, in my teenage years. Um, I tried to commit uh, suicide. Um, always, always been, always been prevalent in my life. Um, uh, my my brother um, committed suicide. He was a long term sufferer. Um, my dad also long term um, sufferer. Just mm. yeah, it's it's pretty much interwoven into um, the very fabric of my life. Really, to be fair, um, I had lots of experience with it personally, and also with people who um, who have suffered um, with it too. So for me, um, it's not really something that. Um, that it's like, 
um, it, it, it's just always been there, always been there. Yeah, I've never yeah. known a life with without it. So yeah, mm. uh, that I can I I can sympathise with the you know, growing up with anxiety issues and and struggling with it for your whole life. I've I've been the same. Um, yeah. How do you think there's like any reason for why your kind of anxiety manifested from a young age? Do you you know was there any experiences? Oh, or? Um, I mean from from like counseling and, and and different things um programming that i received as um as a child we all receive programming as 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 children um we all our parents do um they do the best that they can with their programming that they've had and so on and so forth so i mean to put it bluntly i mean my childhood was just fucked it was it was really <laughs> yeah. it was it was really um it was really fucked up there is there are people out there who've got it um and had it a, a lot worse than i did but um i can only talk from my own personal experience there was there was mm. bullying at school um my father was um an abusive um alcoholic um, my mum had her issues as well. So I, I, I never really had any safe place, really. Yeah. If I wasn't being bullied at school and living in fear at school, I was I was in fear um, at home of the next time my dad would explode or mm. or something like that. So, yeah, really, it's, it's basically to do with... Um, to do with my childhood. I mean, I don't hold my mum and dad accountable at all. They, yeah. um, they can only... At work from from where they were and, and and with the issues that they obviously had and never and never resolved mm-hmm. um, and it just passed down to me um one of the things that um i read and uh, and was quite helpful is that none of us are responsible for the programming we get as children but as adults we are responsible for sorting it out and it is our duty mm-hmm. to sort that out and that's and that's what I ended up um, doing. Eventually, it took me a long time to get there, but yeah, yeah. Well, I um, again, I, I resonate with the um, my my dad was an alcoholic when I was growing up yeah. as a kid, and I got picked on at school. And um, for me, I, I, I'm interested if you were the same, but for me, it was just I think at school I was so exhausted with dealing with stuff at home that I just didn't I, I didn't want to kind of you know, mixed with kids and school just became like a, it was just, it was kind of scary. Like the, because yeah. I was just so tired and so, yeah, it was. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest thing for me. The word that I, I, I pick up on there is scared. I was just constantly scared all the time, mm. just scared of my dad, scared of the kids at school. Um, and obviously just, just anxious about absolutely everything from where I was, you know, there's pressure as children to wear the right clothes, whether I was wearing the right clothes, whether my hair looked all right. Just, yeah, just anxious all the time about pretty much everything. Yeah. So, yeah, you can encapsulate it in one word. It's scared. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And yeah, I agree completely. Um, and I, I, I had no idea about your brother. I'm so sorry to hear about that. That's not something anyone should ever have to go through. And I've, I, not with a family member, but I've experienced, yeah. you know, with friends and people I know, and yeah. Yeah, I know how difficult that is. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. How old were you um, when? Um, I was. Um, it was quite um, a difficult stage, you might, because my brother was the only. one. He was um, my older brother. He was only a half brother, but he was the only family member that, like, we really got on well together. We were like two peas in a pod, and we. <laughs> did pretty much everything together. And he was like, um, he was like a father figure as well as a brother. 
Um, I was uh, 24. He okay. was um, 32, 33 when um, when he killed himself. Mm. Um, and it was it was one of the things he'd attempted many many times before. Um, so it wasn't a shock in terms of him, you know, it happening. But mm. you just never expect him to succeed because he'd always he'd always fail. Somebody would always have found him or. Or he'd send out a, a text to say, you know, goodbye and everything else. And somebody had rushed to him and, and, and getting in an ambulance and everything else. But but the the last time he tried, he, um, he succeeded, unfortunately. But yeah. 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 Well, you know, male suicide, I'm sure you're, you're aware of, is, is like excruciatingly high in the UK. Yeah. I read Huge. just before I came on this podcast that it was something like there's supposed to be around 12 a day in the UK or yeah, like. It's, it's, um, it's massive. Yeah. It's terrifying that you know I, I hope things like this like the con these conversations people talking about it, you know and, and big like guys guys like you who you know like i would say stereotypically you know being the big strong like gym guy like you you wouldn't expect you to be talking about this kind of stuff and that's what i want this podcast to be is people yeah. you know like yourself showing yeah. you know everyone can talk about this and every even the the alpha male like yourself you know even even these people can open up and and talk and and you know share these experiences and, and I, I i don't know if you agree but i think it helps you know when when you do open up about it oh yeah without a shadow without talking is definitely the 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 first step one of the things that i learned in counseling is that you've got to understand why you behave and why you react in certain ways to certain things and why it manifests itself in aggression or depression or anxiety and the first stage of under understanding is obviously opening up and, and, and admitting. So like an alcoholic can't start to um, become sober until they admit they're an alcoholic. And it's mm. the same um, with being depressed until you can openly say, do you know what? I am depressed. I, I have got mental health issues. Mm. And to, until like you've accepted that and shined a light on it for yourself, then you can't move forward. So yeah, definitely talking about it is the, is the first thing without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, do you, do you think, um, obviously you know, you'll, people know from the introduction that you're a you're competitive strong man and um, very strong guy, someone who trains a lot and you know a lot about training and being a coach. Do you think um, your kind of mental health experiences are what guided you towards strength training? Well, I think, I mean, <clears throat> this isn't a judgment as such because I'm fairly sure that um, everybody will admit it. But the people who do the extremes of strongman and, and, and bodybuilding and all of those things, and even the people who just go to the gym, they go there because it's because it's a release. It's um, it's a form of um, for me. It was it's putting on a muscle suit. Okay. I make myself big. I make myself into, as you've just said, an alpha male or perceived to be an alpha male. Nobody's going to talk to me. I don't want people to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to me. I didn't want people to interact with me, not because I'm rude or I'm, in it, I'm ignorant. I just, I wasn't comfortable with that. So yeah, there's definitely a thing that, um, it, if you've got a, a mental health issue, you will like go and, and do something to, 
it's almost it's it's like to ease ease the pain really it's um it's an anesthetic some people turn to drugs some people turn to drink some people turn to earning money throw themselves into the career mm-hmm. some people turn to womanizing some people turn to fast cars some people turn to like the gym there are like levels of whether it's harmful or not and the gym yeah. obviously is it isn't harmful it's actually good for you as well but it is definitely used as um to help fill that void that 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 you have inside and that's what it was for me it was to it was to help fill that and 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 help deal with that yeah i think that that's something that like you say is quite common in a lot of people in um in the kind of in the kind of scientific literature they talk about a compulsive exercise and you know that need some people get to the point where they feel they need to exercise in order to and i think that a way that that tends to help is is kind of it gives you there's some rigidity to it or there's a um structure so you know you know that you're going to go and you're going to do these exercises and you know if if you're someone who's struggling with anxiety and and worry if you have something every day or you know every five days a week or whatever that you know is going to be the same or you know exactly yeah. what's going to happen it yeah. gives you that kind of sense of calm doesn't it yeah yeah without a shadow of a doubt yeah there's a there's a routine and there's and, and there's something there's also something it's 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 like an occupation for the mind as well because when the mind's not occupied we we know as you know p- people who suffer from anxiety and depression your mind will start to fire and click and just yeah. do all sorts of crazy things and take you to all sorts of places where if you're in the gym and you've just got to lift that 10 times for five sets then onto the next exercise until you're exhausted mm-hmm. and then your mind hasn't got anything to think about then yeah it's um it's definitely good for that or that yeah. is a, a reason yeah yeah, that's kind of, you know, like the classic one is when you're in bed at night, that's when the, you know, you tend to struggle the most. And it's because, you know, you, you haven't got anything to distract you. That tends to be yeah. why it's such a difficult thing where, like you're saying, the gym gives you, it's almost like meditation, isn't it? It, it yeah. takes, it forces your mind to not think about things or like, you know, to try and think about something very specific, whether yeah. it's just like, oh, my arms really hurt right now, but I need to keep going or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I'm interested in, so obviously now you do your coaching, your SNC coaching, your PT in, um, yeah. and I believe you do that mostly at strength sound, don't you? At least that's where I've, where, when I've seen you. Um, yeah. 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 Do you, do you, um, utilize your mental health experiences at all with your coaching? Cause I, like I said, I've, um, trained in the same gym as you before. And whenever I've seen you coaching, I always think there's a kind of, an air of like calmness around you. Like I know, I know that you, um, you just said that you, you kind of put on this size originally to, to keep people away. Um, but actually I, I get, I, whenever I've seen you in there, especially with clients and stuff, I always feel like you, you seem very approachable and I don't know yeah. if that's, that's from your experiences or. Um, I try to with, with them um, when you're a coach, it's initially people get in touch with you um, because they want to improve physique or they want to get stronger or they want to become healthier. But there's always there's always an underlying um, like psychological issue as well. There's you know why does that person want to um, look better? Why does that person feel that they don't look good or? They want to get stronger, so there's always like um there's always like a psychological issue. So it 
it's initially about the physical, but then obviously the mind bit gets involved as well. And as they um, become more relaxed with you um, and they open up to you, then yeah, it, um, my experiences do help me help people, which is, which is one of the reasons why um, I got into being a coach was the fact that I wanted to help people mm. um, initially help them physically but then like I say it just goes um, it just goes hand in hand because you know people will have bad sessions or or bad workouts and um, they'll feel like shit and then for me as a coach it's to help them understand well do you know what no that wasn't shit that was this this and this so yeah it's um, it, it definitely helps it helps to be a more complete coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, picking up on what you're saying there, you know, people have bad sessions and they start to feel bad. I think I think social media kind of, there's so much crappy information around training and, and, stuff and nutrition out there. I think people tend to feel like if they if they have a slightly less optimal training session, then they, yeah. they've failed as a person. Is that something yeah. that you you've experienced yeah without a shadow of a doubt i mean one of the things with social media is i mean <clears throat> i'm able to comment from quite a good standpoint really because obviously i trained with ed um, oh, yeah, for, yeah. for a good like for eight pe- years. people who don't know who he's talking about that's eddie hall the um ex world strongest man yeah so i trained with him for eight years now all the videos that he put on would be the fucking sessions where he's absolutely nailed it he's done a 360 kilo squat for eight reps raw like didn't break a sweat um the same as the pro bodybuilders they're putting on the sessions where they're pressing 180 kilo incline bench for 10 reps and everything else yeah they they still have shit sessions ed had shit sessions ed had sessions where he didn't feel like he'd done very well or his confidence was low but you're not going to post that because that doesn't get clicks that doesn't get Mm. likes that isn't the image that you want to portray so social media is very um what you have to remember with social media is that's somebody at their best. That's somebody at their peak. That's somebody at their optimum. Yeah, so yeah. they're not like that all the time, you know? So you can't be like that all the time. Um, so yeah, social media does, um, does create this illusion that the people who are at the top of the game are at the top of the game because they never fail. No, they do fail, but they just continue. Nah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, like wholeheartedly. Um, I, I think, especially kind of bodybuilders and the the physique, obviously with the strong strong men and, and yeah. powerlifters and stuff as well. But I think particularly with the physique people, often they get to an optimal physique and then they take loads of photos and then release yeah, yeah. them throughout the year. Yeah. So you, yeah. everyone watching, not like, understandably, you see these like every single day or you know every other day they're posting a photo and they're shredded, like completely yeah. shredded. No, like you're obviously going to think that that's just what they look like all the time. Um, but it was only that was only for you know however long it was a shorter period of time and then they just took loads of photos. Yeah. But no, no wonder you kind of get this toxic image in your head that you that you don't look good enough because you know some days you're bloated and some days you know you're cold and holding a bit yeah. more water weight or you know a bit more body fat or whatever. Yeah, it's it is really difficult and that's yeah. Um, same with strong strong men like you're saying Ed Eddie Hall's going to post his. But even Eddie Hall has days where he doesn't lift what he wants to lift, you know? Yeah, even, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even Luke Fulbrook has days where you don't hit what you want to hit, you know? <laughs> yeah, but definitely. People, yeah. people 
people see your your strong your big moments and can yeah. think you know that 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 they're they're a failure because of it. Um, yeah. so speak speaking about kind of being um you know being a strong man and you you training with Eddie Hall and competing in strongmen and um, what would you say there's anything different or anything that um is yeah is different from the average person being a competitive athlete or particularly competitive strongman and affecting your mental health like within the mental health side of things yeah um it becomes it it becomes a um it becomes a job and the joy, the, the joy is taken out of it. Um, I mean, Muhammad Ali was um, once quoted as saying he, he hated every minute of training, absolutely every single minute of it. He hated it, but he did it because he had to do it to become the best in the world. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the situation that you get into with, um, with like training professionally or semi-professionally is, it becomes a job and it becomes a chore and it becomes monotonous. So if you're just going to the gym and you have a bad workout or, or a workout that you perceive isn't as good as it should be, yeah. then, you know, that's, it's bad and it affects you, but you know, you go in the next day and it's fine. But if like you didn't hit the numbers or you didn't do the workout that you should have done, or you're not where you perceived you should have been, or one of your fellow competitors has posted up a, a video of a log and do more than you then yeah it's just a constant you're no longer you don't you're no longer like in competition with yourself you start to be in competition with everybody else all the time on competition day that's fine because that's what competition day is for but in the weeks and the months leading up to that competition the only person you should be competing with is yourself Mm. But you end up competing with everybody else all the time. And that is because, again, like we mentioned, because of social media. And, um, yeah, it definitely affects your mental health in a negative way sometimes, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, and, like, I look back now, and some of the feats of strength that I did were absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. but, but at the time, for me, it wasn't enough. So it takes the it takes the joy out of it. It takes the um, it takes it takes the positivity out of it. So, I mean, I did um, I did a two hundred and twenty kilo uh, incline bench press for five reps. Shit. Now that's yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 that's good that's good. But I remember on the day Ed did two hundred and sixty freight reps, and I was like, Do you know what? That's shit. I've just yeah. that's like absolutely shit that I've done. So you you end up taking the joy out of it yourself um and yeah you end up um yeah you end up not appreciating just how much you have done or how far you have come or what you have achieved so mm. it can be quite um negative really on the on the mental side of it yeah that, that's something I've, I've never really thought about but i just thought then when you were, you were talking i think strength strength sports are probably one of the most dangerous sports for that in particular because with let's say like football or, or rugby, you don't see rugby players or football players posting their, you know, practicing free kicks no, and scoring those it, goals. Yeah. But yeah. every power lifter, every strongman posts yeah. his sets and his workouts. Yeah. And so it you are you are you're put into such a strange position where you're having to, you know, deal with your mini failures and you know, many you know yeah. set, sets that don't go to plan, but you're constantly bombarded with all the guys and girls that you're competing with. 
Um, yeah, doing... and, they're posting, and they're posting on the stuff that they're doing really good at. Yeah. So yeah. you only see their good and then you only see your shit or yeah. you only like focus on the things that you perceive as shit. Yeah. So it's just like this constant circle of he's doing ace, I'm doing shit. He's doing good, I'm mm. doing shit. And you constantly beat yourself up. Not everybody deals with it like that. But when you're of a predisposition to anxiety and and to beating yourself up and to depression and, 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 and not feeling good enough, then then it just feeds that little voice in your yeah. head all yeah. the time. So it can be it can be quite negative, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I I have um I I know some people who are like psychologists and stuff, and and they um I've spoken to them about this in the past, and they've said how you know when you're a when you're a child, you develop these things called schemas. Um, and I may be misquoting this, so please, people who are psychologists listen to this, please don't hate me. But um, basically, when you're a kid, you kind of develop these schemas, and they they define how you perceive yourself um, around other people or with other people. Yeah. And you can you so if you believe that you're you know not not as good as other people, yeah. you'll you'll often ignore any proof that that's not the case. But then if you get one bit of proof that that agrees with that you'll latch onto it because it'll strengthen yeah. that schema yeah. and that's something you is seen in a lot of people and people with like mental health issues and um, so it's in, yeah. yeah i think you know, going into a strength sport can you, know, you have to be careful of that because you you're constantly getting fed with things to show that you're not as good um and yeah, yeah and yeah you're constantly having to yeah how did you deal like how did you deal with that did you block like people on instagram or like you know just unfollow or, um, yeah, no, what I'd, what what I started to do was um, two or three weeks before a competition, I'd just have a social media blackout. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't um, I wouldn't go on or I wouldn't actively look um, at other people's um, social media. So mm. yeah, it's um, social media is it is in one respect very very good, um, you know, and it can help out in 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 certain you know instances and you know connecting families over the like um friends across the planet and and everything yeah. else and, and and spreading um news and information but there's also the downside to it as well it's, it can be quite toxic spreading misinformation and mm. and making you believe that you're not that you're not as good, not not only in like lifting weights, but just in personal life. You know, people posting up pictures of the new car they've had, it makes you look at yours and go, you know what, mine's shit. When if you hadn't have seen their car, you're quite happy with yours. It's like yeah. when you used to go to school, you'd like, I don't know, you'd have a new pair of trainers and you'd be like, fucking, these are the bomb. These are ACs. I love these. And then you walk into school and you see somebody else with what you perceive to be a better pair and all of a sudden yours become shit. And it's the yeah. same the same kind of thing with with your training sometimes social media does yeah yeah and it, it, i think it i think that's a um you know kind of a, a, a not it's not nice but it's a, i think it's a nice thing to to be able to hear from someone like yourself you know you're just saying you bench like what was it 200 and something kilos two yeah. you're benching 220 on incline for five and and, he, and you're even you're you know seeing someone else and being like oh mind shit Whereas yeah, like, yeah. you know, I couldn't even dream of benching 220. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, it's 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 kind of nice to be able to, you know, see that even you know, even the really strong people in the oh, gym. it's it's all it's 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 the same with people in all um in all aspects, like the the 
you know the the wealthy people the yeah the people yeah. who do physiques the you know everybody everybody has that um has that aspect yeah yeah we all we all have our own like social hierarchy don't we we see yeah. we see ourselves in a position and as as you move up you basically just you shift your hierarchy so now you're looking at other people who are stronger yeah. than you so you know like i would never like even consider comparing myself to eddie hall but when you as you got stronger and started getting closer to this kind of stuff eddie hall's doing then you start comparing yourself to eddie hall um yeah. so like obviously when i see eddie doing stuff it doesn't phase me but because i'm like well i'm nowhere near that but because you are kind of near like it it makes you're like oh i'm not quite there and yeah so it, it may like it does make sense but um i think that's something that people should hear that you know it's not necessarily don't don't think you need to reach some kind of level of strength or level of size and then you're gonna know be like oh now now then i'll be fine then i'll be sorted yeah. you need you need to kind of get to the point where you're happy with where you are now because that yeah, like no matter where yeah. you get you're always gonna you can always compare to other people yeah that's one of the biggest things that i'm learning on this um this this journey that i'm on at the minute is that you need to be happy with the now because you can constantly be oh i'll be happy when i get this oh i'll be up I'll be happy when I've got a million pound in the bank. You get a million pound in the bank. Yeah, okay, you can buy your nice house, your nice car, but you'll still want something else. There'll still be something there. It's like, it's like again, um, it's like people set themselves to, like, oh, I want to be the CEO of this company. They get to that. Okay, now I want to do that. They're constantly, all the time, trying to, yeah. trying to, Right. When I get there, I'll be happy. When I've got to that point, I'll be successful. When I'm there, I can relax. Well, why not just be happy and relax now? Mm. Why do you have to be at that point to be happy? Why not just be happy now? I was going to say, there's literally no reason like that you can't. There's no position you can be in where you can't just be like, I need, I need to be happy with the journey. Um, yeah. I, yeah, at the moment, I've just, I've just finished my master's degree and I'm like looking for jobs and stuff and. You know, I, 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 I keep getting caught up in the idea that, you know, or when I get this, this research job mm. that I'm after, you know, when I get that, then I'll be happy. But I know yeah. that once I get that, then I'll just be like, well, now I need to get the next thing or, you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, when I've, when I've got this degree, I'll be, I'll be educated enough and I'll be happy enough. Well, do you know what, if I go for this master's and then it's just a constant all the time, it's, um, yeah, it's learning to be happy with where you are. And what you are now and and, and happiness isn't happiness isn't a destination ha and, and life isn't a destination it's it's a journey and yeah. it's got its ups and it's got its downs and it's just learning to to go with the flow and be present mm. now and be present here and 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 enjoying and experiencing what you're experiencing mm. at the moment in time you know? There's there's a like a philosopher called I think his name's Alan Watts or something like that I, and I used to I used to always listen to his stuff on YouTube, um, but he talks about how um, life's kind of is like music where even though the you know the the last little bit at the end of the music is may it maybe is this you know this amazing like crescendo this like beautiful moments but you don't skip to the end of it you enjoy the whole build up. And then you get the yeah. the cool bit yeah. at the end, and that's how you should treat life. Yeah. It's like a piece of music. You yeah. know, something. You know, you're wanting that bit at the end, but why not listen to the whole thing and enjoy, enjoy the whole. Yeah, the whole I mean, experience. it's 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 a brilliant, it's a absolutely astounding example that is. Mm. Um, 
it's it's like a film, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ending maybe the, the ending maybe um, you know, I can like a, a brilliant ending. But it's like I, okay, I don't know whether you're a bit of a geek, but like the Avengers series, you know. Yeah, yeah. We all like we we couldn't like wait for the end and for the end game and everything else, but we've enjoyed the fucking journey. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I love, yeah. I love um, Marvel stuff. The one that came into my head yeah. was Ro- Rocky Four when he fights Ivan Drago. Like, yeah, like that final fight scene is absolutely epic. But you have to watch the whole film and see yeah. like yeah. Apollo die and like the build up of him, you know, the training montages, and you have to see all that in order to appreciate the amazing bit at the end where he fights Ivan Drago. Anyway, we're going into nerdy realms. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you were talking about this um, kind of current uh, journey you're on. And I I, I imagine you're kind of alluding to this, this injury you've had. And we spoke a little bit before we started recording about what happened to you. Can you explain what, what happens to people listening? Um, it, all it was really, I mean, it was, it's one of many injuries I've had. It was just a bit of a freak accident to be fair. I was just close grip benching. Um, it was only 140 kilos. I'd done um, 15 oh, reps the week before. <laughs> um, I'd done 15 reps the week before and I wanted to do 20 this week. And it was just on my second rep, I was just pressing it up and I just clipped the pins. And as I clipped the pins, it just brought the weight all down on my right arm and obviously sent the tricep into a fully stretched, fully loaded um, position. And it just it just um, tore 95% of it, tore off tore off the bone so. yeah yeah uh, horrible horrible it like makes me cringe even even the second time <laughs> you're hearing it but it makes me like it makes my arm hurt like my tricep starts hurting <laughs> um so like how how did you react immediately like when it happened well, um because i've torn muscles off before i knew i knew it wasn't right it just it, it's the noise you hear if you like like a car going over gravel I've, I've never heard the pop. Mine's always like a car going over gravel. Like, okay. That, that yeah. kind of noise. Wow. So, so you hear that in your head and you just instantly know that something's, um, something's not, it, it's definitely come off. It's not wrong. Yeah. Um, and then it- it's just, a, it's just a case of then, I mean, unfortunately for me at the time, it was just as the, as the COVID thing was kicking off. So they were shutting mm-hmm. down the hospitals and things. So I had to go and get an MRI privately um had that um they said yeah it, it's like there's five percent of it left on um went to the n- nobody would operate because obviously they were shutting down the hospitals and things so it was a case of i just had to spend the entire of lockdown really just hoping that they would um that they would do it after after um after lockdown and everything had had, had finished and, and thankfully i'm really grateful for it um the surgeon that i went to see and was was happy to do it. He wasn't sure whether it'd be successful or not because so long had been time had been in between. And he said there was no point putting um, using a graft um, from my body or from a Godai because it had just for what I wanted for it just constantly snap off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they did the operation and it, it was um, it was successful. So yeah, well, that's that's fantastic, isn't it? Grateful for um, that. Yeah. So I kind of like re- like rewinding a bit. Um, when when you found out that you know that you couldn't get surgery on it straight away and you were having to go through a lock, lockdown like you know without anything on it, how did that feel? That must have been really difficult. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. It would. Um, I had a cry. Um, I had a cry. Wasn't good for 
for a couple of days. Um, and then just a case of, do you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. Um, I've, I've got to deal with it. There's no point. There's no point um, thinking about the past and what I could have done and what I should have done. And there's no point projecting into the future because I don't know what's going to happen. So I've just got to deal with with it now and as it is um i was able to do a little bit of training i could do like press ups and things and put a 20 kilo bar above my head so i was doing like crossfit kind of sets and things and i was still able to deadlift um double overhand with straps and that so i was doing a little bit of that um and just yeah just after just if i hadn't been in the position i'd have been in mentally with the counseling and things i've been in i'm not quite sure how i would have dealt with it to be fair but Mm. i was able to deal with it a lot better um than i had done or would have done in the past yeah yeah. that's good that's good so uh, it's that um i don't know if this is the actually how it happened but it sounded like quite easily because for for me like if you know i can rationally think you know if if something like that happened to me and i could rationally think you know um I, i can't look in the past and i need to move on and stuff but whether i could actually do that straight away would be quite difficult for me like i feel like you know so, so i know i know what i need to do like i know how i need to think yeah. and i need to just stop stop getting anxious stop obsessing stop you know ruminating on this this thought but actually doing it is quite difficult was it hard for you to do that or yeah it it can be it's that i've i've learned so much um like i keep on going on about counseling and, and different things but the, the recently the counseling and everything, i've just learned so much about myself and one of the things is is that once you like once you you just mentioned then about like ruminating and thinking about it once you sit there and go like you stop the thought so you're like do you know what i'm thinking about that okay so don't judge that thought don't it's not good. It's not bad, but that's what you're thinking. As soon as you start to do that, you like stop your mind in its tracks. Mm. You almost shine a light on it. And once you shine a light on it, you no longer like continue to like think about it. And then it's like snowball into this big negative, negative thing. Mm. It becomes, it just becomes a thought. And then once it's just become a thought and you're aware of it and you're mindful of it, then it takes away its power. But if you just mindlessly constantly procrastinate on that one thought over and over and over again um then it just yeah it just starts to manifest in like anxiety and depression and Mm. the thoughts get darker and you become lower and more depressed it's it's catching yourself or catching your mind doing that and then not judging it so don't be hard on yourself and go fucking hell what are you thinking like that for jesus you shouldn't be depressed you shouldn't be thinking like that well well why shouldn't you that is you you have thought like that so just accept it, don't judge it, and just just let it be. It's just being mindful of your mind kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Um, in the past, how you've just described would have been exactly how that, like when I first did my bicep, that was the end of the world for me. That was it. I was, you know, I was never going to compete again. Life was going to be terrible. Like, you might as well have just fucking shot me there and then. But with this one... I was able to come out of that um, a lot quicker than I did before. That that's what it's all about, isn't it? I think that's that's where you improve your your mental health. Is it's not it's not a binary thing. It's not just you know you go to counselling and oh now I never feel sad again or I never get oh, God, no, depressed no. again. But you just get you get better at 
um, shortening the amount of time you feel crap and yeah. lengthening the amount of time you feel good. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that's that. I think that's a really, again, a really important message for people listening. You know, if you if you do struggle with mental health issues and you know you've you've sought out help or you're trying to improve, don't beat yourself up or get pissed off because you're not just better because it doesn't work like that. No. Like it very rarely, no, no. I, you know, I don't know anyone that's ever worked like that before with, no. it is just like, you know, like you're saying there, Luke, you just, you get better at you know, pulling yourself out of that hole yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, understanding it. Um, for, for me with, with that, you know, understanding my mind and, and stopping it in its tracks, like you said, I use journaling. So I write stuff down. Like if I'm yeah. thinking about something, cause then that just immediately gives me, you know, I don't have to think about it anymore cause it's there and I can, you know, yeah. can, at least I can think about it more rationally because I've got yeah. it in front of me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It makes it present as well. It, it, it like, it demystifies it. So you writing it down, it becomes physical. It becomes there. It becomes a thing mm. rather than just this like entity floating around in your head and doing whatever, it, whatever it wants and whenever it wants. Yeah. 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 With it, it's, um, the metaphor I've been told about before is it's like the monster under your bed. When it's in your when it's in your head, you haven't looked under the bed and seen what yeah. it is. So it could yeah. be it could be literally catastrophic. It could be the end of the world. No matter how small mm. it is, if you're allowing it to go around your head, yeah. it's it could be infinitely huge. It could be this dragon. But if as soon as you write it down or as soon as you face up to it, you then yeah. even if it is that dragon, even if it is this horrible thing, that at least you know what it is now and you don't have to keep thinking about it. And you can yeah. you can think about how you can get around it and you can solve it. I mean, that it. was that was that was for me. I mean, it's a, it's really good that you just like mentioned that because for me at school, I mean, I don't know whether you did stuff, but I used to get bullied, and the and the worst thing for me was fucking out. Quarter past three is going to come, and the bully's going to be there, and it was all day in my head would be it, the fear of having to step out of that gate and like get beaten up was a hundred times worse than actually getting beaten up. Yeah, it was yeah. the thought, and it was the just the mind that process of me destroying myself in a day, waiting for quarter past three to come, was way more painful and way more damaging than going outside and getting punched by whoever. Mm. So yeah, definitely, yeah, that's a that's another brilliant like analogy, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's something that um, is seen a lot in the kind of research as well. Is is the the fear of things tends to be one of the most the highest driving points of you know, like things like eating disorders and compulsive exercise and that. They're the kind of things that I know I know about. Um, yeah. They often they often show that the fear of guilt or the fear of these negative consequences that will come if you don't do the disordered eating or if you don't go and yeah. exercise or whatever, that's that's what drives it the most or it yeah. seems to be the thing that drives it the most. It's not necessarily actually feeling guilty or actually putting on weight. It's that fear of what if that's mm. what drives it, the behavior. So yeah, that, that really interesting points. Um, yeah. So, so now you've now you've had your operation as a success. What's your kind of plans forward now? Um, the, pl the plans at the moment are just literally um, taking each day as it comes and each session as it comes. I mean, I'm not able to do much at all. Um, yeah. I'm pressing two and a half kilo dumbbells at the minute, and it's very painful. But mm. it's just a process, and um, it will be slow. I've written written myself out a plan. It probably takes me to. Um, the middle of December. Um, okay. It's um, it's just slow. It's just very very slow. I'm I'm not sure um, what I will do um, after I'm rehabbed at all. 
But again, I don't have to worry about that at the minute. I just have to just just have to do. Today I went in the gym. I did four sets of ten on two and a half kilo dumbbells, bench press, and and three sets of eight on two and a half set um, shoulder press. Mm. And that was today, and that was enough, and that worked it, and that's that's it. So yeah, yeah it's a case of, of a very slow rehab at the minute. Mm. Well, they, like you say, you know, you're focusing one day at a time. That's all you can really do, isn't it? Yes, that's, that's the. That's the goal of life, isn't it? I think that's the, you know, if there's, if there's one way to get through life, that's, that's kind of, um, I think that's a, a thing to live by. Yeah, definitely. Well, again, one of the, one of the, um, the like, um, thoughts in, in the counseling sessions are that you only really have like the now, the present's the only thing you've got because mm. the past is just a, a memory which your brain has more than likely distorted and remembered uh, how, how you perceive it and then the and then the future is just something a story that your mind's making up mm. so none of those things exist the only time they exist is in your head so yeah. the past and the future don't exist they just they're in your head the only thing that actually exists is is the now so it's like concentrating and and learning on how to be more present and be in the now that um that has helped me definitely yeah, there's a again a, fr- a phrase I remember when you when you're saying that is um, I can't remember who told me this, but um, when you're kind of struggling with you know obsessing around the past and the future, um, I was told it, it's you've got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, and you're pissing all over the present. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, another good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the way the way it is when you you constantly like. Yeah fearful of the future and, and thinking about the things you've done bad in the past and you're ruining today you're pissing all yeah. over today um, yeah, definitely so yeah um thank you very much luke for this conversation um i just to start wrapping up this is going to be the first time i've done this but i want to have this kind of little section at the end where i ask these three questions and i'm going to start asking these three questions to everyone yeah and um, so you're going to be the first one so no pressure okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, so okay so question one is can you tell me one person, whether real or fictional, who has inspired you in your life and why? Um, Doesn't necessarily have to be the most inspirational, just one that you think of. I don't know. There's, 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 there's quite a few, really, to be fair. Um, it is a tough one. The, the, all three are kind of tough, but that's why. Yeah, to, to be honest, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm pro- <laughs> it's probably going to be a little bit of a cop out, this is to be fair. <laughs> But I've got um, it's it, it's no one person and it's no one singular entity or, or per, it's it's anybody any person on the planet any human being on the planet who wakes up every day feels like they don't want to be here feels like they don't want to they just don't want to be here but they get up. And they and and they go on and they continue on and they strive to get better and to be better for themselves or maybe for their children or maybe for the family, but they they fight each day and um, yeah though it's that anybody who does that in in any walk of life or, or or anywhere on the planet they're they're the they're the real inspirations yeah because that to be able to. To be able to get up each day and carry on when you don't want to, and when you feel like, um, 
when you feel like just giving up, but you do carry on anyway because you know that better is to come or or that you've you're doing it for somebody else, then yeah, they're the they're the inspirations. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great answer. To honestly, I got a bit emotional while you were saying it. I was like, trying, <laughs> I was fighting back the tears a little bit there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Second question. Second one. Um, a moment in your life that you didn't like at the time, but looking back now, you know that positives came from it. Again, I could pick, I could, I could pick so many. I genuinely, genuinely could. So I'm going to be, Again, probably a bit of a cop out, but I'm going to be relatively, relatively um, generic, and this isn't for um, pity points or anything like that. But I would say the entire of my childhood, to be fair, um, because it wasn't um, it wasn't a relaxing one, it wasn't uh, joyful, it wasn't how a childhood should have should be, it wasn't how I try and make my uh, my children's lives and memories anyway. But if I hadn't have gone through those trials and tribulations, if I hadn't have gone um, through those things, then I wouldn't be who I am now. So, um, yeah, just basically I'm, I'm thankful and grateful for having the, the turbulent and, and, and struggle of a childhood that I had in order for me to realise just... Um, realize and become the person that I am now and also to give me the lesson as how not to make my children's childhood so yeah I'm, I'm definitely grateful for that yeah I I often I often think that um people who go through shitty pasts tend to be because you seem like a very kind of self-aware person um, and I think being self-aware is, and mindful of yourself is such an awesome skill to have and I think unless you go through some kind of shit that may, means that you need to become self-aware and become mindful in order to get over yeah. it I think you know you don't get that um, and I have yeah very similar to me you know the difficulties that I've had in my childhood and growing up I think made me who I am now and made me this person who I, you know, is self-aware and, and mindful and, and gives a shit about the way they're thinking and understands yes. how I think. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Final question. I'll try not to cop out on this. One. <laughs> <laughs> feel free, feel free. Um, a phrase to live by. A phrase to live by. Um, this is one I've learned quite recently to be fair. Um, and it took me quite, it's like, it's quite multifaceted, really. Um, and it's got, yeah, it's got layers to it. But some of your desires are how you think the world should be rather than how it is at the moment. So a lot of your problems are created by the way you think the world should be or the where where you believe you should be or mm. how you believe you should look rather than how you are at that moment and the fact that you have a desire for this and desire for that then takes like out the it takes away the joy of the moment mm. and it brings you stress and it brings you anxiety and it brings you depression but if you just accept you and the world for how it is at this moment and how it is now, then all of that goes away. It's not there anymore. As soon as you start to put a desire on it, on how you should be or where you should be or how you should look or how much money you should have, that's when the problems start to come in and start to manifest themselves. But when you just sit there and 
this is how it is at the minute. That's it. Then there's nothing to. But that's um, that's quite a good one. I've I've um, started to started to implement. Yeah, I really I really like that. I think I think that works well with um, you were talking about comparing yourself to other people on social media and stuff. Or like when you were you know you're saying with your bench press, Eddie did a bit more, yeah. and then you were you know your perception of it. If Eddie wasn't there doing that, you would have thought that was really good. But yeah. as soon as you, you know, you create this perception that you need to be more because you've seen someone else do more, yeah. then yeah. you start to feel shit about it. And yeah, I think yeah. that's really a really um, good like take home message and a good phrase to live by, like you say. Yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you very much, Luke. It's been a pleasure to have you on. No, thank you for having me. Very grateful that you would... Um that you would deem my ramblings worthy. <laughs> well, I, well, I've been, um, we've kind of been in contact for a while and I've been wanting to do something and I, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we've um, not done anything until now. Cause I think now that I've got the podcast and stuff and it's starting to kind of, you know, build up, I think this is you know, more people will hopefully now listen to this and see it than originally when I first messaged you about it. So yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Um, for people listening, um, can you give, you know, where people can find you? Whether I'll have that like, social media and your website tagged below, but can you just read them out to us or mention them? Yeah, um, just it's it's Luke Fulbrook Personal Training on um, Facebook, um, LukeFulbrook.com webpage and Full Strength 001 on um, Instagram, which is pretty much... The Instagram is my most prevalent platform, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're all the they're all the the social medias. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Luke. Um, yeah, and, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And for people listening, <clears throat> I nearly choked there. <laughs> for people <laughs> listening, thank you very much. I'll leave that in. It'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Here at Maya Minds, we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please, if you can, give it a share. Each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out mayaminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there. And we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.